Hello, I'm Beth Fateni, the director of the New York-based nonprofit Green Inside and Out and host of the Green Inside and Out podcast, where we cover environmental topics to keep you informed, inspired, and empowered to take action. This podcast is made possible by our awesome eco-friendly sponsors. This is Jay Best, the president at Green Team LI. The data is clear. We need to reduce the impact of climate change. You can make a difference by getting a free home energy assessment. Did you know that your utility will pay us to test your home's energy efficiency? Imagine your home being more comfortable, healthier, and much more energy efficient. It's great for you and for the planet. And thanks to New York State's push for energy efficiency, you can take advantage of great rebates and incentives. Go to greenteamli.com to set up your free home energy assessment now. It's greenteamli.com. I am happy to introduce my first guest, Olivier Pinson. Olivier is the founder of Zappy Ride. Zappy Ride provides world-class end-to-end integrated experiences to electric vehicle consumers to increase electric vehicle adoption. We work with electric utilities, equipment manufacturers, and advocacy groups to make that vision a reality. Over the past 10 years, Olivier's work has focused on clean tech, renewable energy, and electric mobility. Prior to Zappy Ride, Olivier was strategy consultant at Price Waterhouse Coopers, or PwC, working for clients in the energy and transportation sectors. He also held positions at Booz & Co., Sun Edison, and China Green Tech Initiative. Olivier holds a Master of Science in Electrical Engineering from Stanford University, and also received his Bachelor of Science from a school in Paris. So welcome, Olivier. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Wonderful introduction. <laughs> so I always like to ask my guests how they first got into the field that they're in. So tell us how you first came to look into the area of electric vehicles. Yeah, of course. I've always been interested in clean energy technologies. And so I started working after school in, in solar for a while. Uh, and solar was a very exciting ride back 10 years ago. It was really when solar energy was starting from nothing and, and growing pretty fast. Uh, and I've always been you know, involved in things like energy efficiency, clean energy and such, and the utility sector. And about three years ago, we started looking at what's interesting in the space and electric vehicles were really uh, starting to become interesting back in 2017. Tesla was really ramping up. We started to hear a lot of the automakers becoming interested in electric vehicles. Uh, and so that's really when we started to think, hey, can we, can we help here? Can we contribute something in the space and really help accelerate electric vehicles in the U.S.? And, uh, you know, turn the clock forward three years and, we're now working with um, all sorts of electric utilities and uh, automakers to make EVs more more popular, frankly, increase awareness and have more EVs on the road. So what exactly does Zappy Ride do? Yeah, so we help basically uh, organizations that want more electric vehicles on the road. So think of your average power company. Average power company probably wants more electric vehicles on their grid because they want to sell more energy. But they don't necessarily know how to talk about these vehicles and how to help the customer go through their journey. Because buying an electric vehicle is a little bit different than a gas car. You have to think about a couple more things. Um, you have to think a little bit about 
wood vehicles are actually out there because there's not that many compared to gas vehicles. You have to think about where can I buy it because not all dealers have vehicles that are electric. Then how do I charge it? Uh, what kind of subsidies? What kind of tax credits I can get? It can get a little bit complicated. And what we do is bring it all together to make very simple, to make it very simple for the end user. I see. That's great. I'll probably be needing your help because I'm, I'm going to be looking at the i3. I love those little BMW ones. <laughs> the BMW i3 is a good one. It's a popular one um, <laughs> lately for sure. Yeah. So, so, you know, I assume many of our listeners know what EVs are and electric vehicles, but um, just in case for those who don't, what exactly are electric vehicles? So let's, let's start with the basics. How do they work exactly? How are they different from regular vehicles? Yeah, I mean, they're not that different, frankly. An, an EV, an electric vehicle is just like a car, a regular car that you can use in your, in your daily life. The only difference being that you don't put gasoline inside that car. You put electricity inside that car to, to power it. So, you know, there's small EVs, there's big EVs, there are EVs for the family, there's EVs for um, people who care about performance. It's, um, it's a pretty wide range of vehicles that's increasing more and more. Uh, and really, the, the space is growing quite fast. So if you look at the vehicles out there, there's about 50-ish uh, electric vehicles uh, available. You probably heard of Tesla. Uh, that's really driving the market right now. But you may also have heard of, to your point, the BMW i3. You may have heard of the Nissan Leaf. You may have heard of the Chevy Bolt uh, and, and a bunch of others, frankly, that are increasingly um, frequent, really, on the streets in, in the U.S. The other nuance here that I want to put in is... Um, you have what's called battery electric vehicles, which is basically a vehicle that's 100% based on electricity. And that's Tesla, for instance. You know, these are 100% electric. You also have what's called plug-in hybrids. And these cars can run on both gasoline and electricity. So for people who are not 100% committed to just charging and still need a bit of gasoline in their vehicle, um, that's definitely an option as well. Yes, I've been driving my... Um hybrid Prius since 2003. It's very old now. <laughs> it's like vintage, belongs in a museum probably at this point, but I love it. <laughs> so I was one of the first people to have one in this area, you know, and it was interesting people's reactions, but I still get that question. Do you have to plug it in? And of course, mine, you don't, but there are, as you said, plug-in versions where you can boost the electric power in the, in the vehicle. That's right. And uh, there's definitely a bit of confusion out there, uh, to be fair, because you're right, there's hybrids and there's the Prius, and the Prius has been around for, yeah, 2003. <laughs> yep. Probably even further back, but you were probably one of the first out there to have a Prius uh, yep. in Long Island. They started in 2001. Uh, 2001, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the cars that you can really substantially drive on, on electricity are tend to be a lot more recent. And yeah. I think people get a bit confused, you know, uh, with a classic hybrid, which is really just a gas car that's more efficient. There's plug-in hybrids that you can really plug and drive for a long time on electricity. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm very enthusiastic about this topic. I'm sure you are too. So we should tell people, why should they be excited about these new kinds of vehicles? Yeah, so to me, um, 
electric vehicles are just the obvious next step in in the history of the car. You know, they're they're just better products uh, because they're a lot simpler, right? They don't have as many moving parts as a gas car. There's no bulky engine in the front. There's no um, no oil changes. There's belts. It's it's a lot simpler. It's basically a battery, a bunch of motors, and then new wheels. So it's it's a lot simpler. They're quieter. They accelerate better. Um, they are cheaper to fuel. They're cheaper to maintain. Um, and you know, if you look at some of the Tesla vehicles in particular, not not to focus too much on them, but they're just incredible vehicles. You know, you get into a Model Three, a Model S. The quality of driving, the acceleration, is, is really great. And the other automakers are catching up to that. The technology is getting better. Um, but it's people never go back. Right? After you drive an EV, uh, I think something like 95% of EV drivers would never go back to a gas vehicle because it just feels clunky. It just feels old-fashioned. It just feels like it's from a, the last century. You know, After you've driven an EV, it's basically nobody goes back. And it's still new, so I think a lot of people don't really know or they think EVs are just for the rich. Uh, and there's you know, a little bit of truth to that still, um, but that's changing fast. You know, uh, the, the price points are coming down and increasingly people are realizing, wow, like this is a vehicle I could have in my life um, and could make my life better. Yeah, because <clears throat> I know a lot of people have heard about the Tesla and it's it's a kind of one of the more expensive ones, but they're not all that expensive. So um, as you said, there are federal rebates as well. So that's that's an incentive to to look in this, you know, look towards these vehicles. Um, one of the questions I often get, and I've definitely heard some skeptics on this subject, is um, are EVs actually cleaner than regular engine cars? So is that true? Are electric vehicles really greener than gasoline drive, you know, driven cars? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And uh, there's a lot of disinformation out there. Also want to warn the audience that um, if you go to YouTube and you type that question, you may get videos from the oil industry, right? Trying to to make things more complicated than they should be or spread some disinformation. Um, it, so to give your your listeners a bit of the under the hood, so to speak, what really matters is how clean the electricity is that you're putting into the car, right? So if your electricity is clean, the car is going to be clean. Uh, if you work if you live rather in a, in a state that has a lot of solar power, a lot of wind power, uh, your energy will be clean and your car will be very, very, very clean, a lot more than a gas car. Uh, in some states that are very, very coal heavy, where the electricity is very dirty, you get close to parity. You get close to the EV being about as dirty as the gas car, but you're still usually a little bit under. Mm. So on average for the U.S., um, Unless you're in a really cool, heavy state, an EV will be cleaner by far. And certainly in Long Island, New York State, and the, the Northeast generally, um, EVs are substantially cleaner than gas vehicles for sure. Yeah, that's great. Good to hear the the final word on that from an expert. <laughs> um, so I know we mentioned a little bit about this before, but... What are the steps to get an electric vehicle? Is it a different experience when you go to the dealership um, than buying another car, like in any other car? Yeah, so there's a couple things to think about. 
when you think about buying an EV. Uh, number one is how will you charge it, right? That's the key question that a lot of people ask. Um, and, and there's a couple of ways to do that, right? So if you have a garage, if you have your own home, you can install a charger at home. And when you bring your car back from the dealership, you can charge there. And that's, that's not a problem. Uh, you also have networks of charging stations out there that can help you charge when you're not at home. So figuring out how you will charge is an important question. Figuring out uh, what tax credits are available for you, um, that's an important question too. Uh, there's federal tax credits up to $7,500, which is quite nice. You also have state incentives. New York goes from $500 to $2,000. Um, you also have local incentives. Sometimes your utility company, your electric company can give you subsidies. So getting a full picture of that is important because it will really reduce the price of the car. And then shop around. You know, I think uh, there's definitely uh, increasingly a, increasing amounts of models out there. And when you know what model you want, uh, make sure you find a dealership that has it and will give you a good experience. Uh, because a lot of dealerships, as you, I think, hinted at a little bit, <laughs> struggle still a little bit to um, to talk to their customers about EVs. Uh, sometimes they even actively try to discourage customers from buying EVs just because they're not really used to it. So finding a dealership that is qualified and willing and eager to sell you an EV sometimes is a bit, is a bit challenging. Um, and so that's why you can go sometimes to your power company and they may guide you to a dealership that's that's better at that, right? Or there are some national resources um, that you can consult to find out what dealers are good. And then, and then you know, buying a car is just like another car, right? So you can buy it outright, you can lease it, you can finance it. Um, everything is is the same. And once you go home, uh, you can charge it at home, uh, or you can charge it in public, like I said. And then you you're, you're good to go. You know, if you want to road trips, you can charge and go, and your your life is changed, and you'll never go back. <laughs> and from your experience, it's still cheaper than than driving a gasoline vehicle. Yeah, so that's something that people get confused about uh, because, to be fair, the price tag of an EV is going to be higher than the price tag of a gas vehicle. That's similar, and I think that gives people the impression that oh, wow, EVs are really out of reach. But really what you, what I encourage people to look at is the total cost of ownership, right? So not just look at the sticker price of the vehicle, but, um, subtract all the incentives and tax credits that you get from that sticker price. And then also factor in the fact that when you charge it, it's going to be a lot cheaper than putting gasoline in your tank. And when you maintain your car, uh, because there's less moving parts, it's going to be a lot cheaper to maintain than a gas car. And so if you look at all these cost factors, what you find generally is that uh, EVs tend to be about the same or cheaper than, than gas vehicles. Oh, that's great. I'm going to make sure my father listens to this one. He's been trying to talk me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the numbers. We have the, we have the analysis to show. So uh, send him my way and I'll show him the spreadsheet. Yes. And, and, you know, as you said earlier, um, it was kind of surprising. I had gone to a couple of dealers and they didn't have one of the EVs in, in the lot. And I was like, come on, you gotta be kidding me. This is the future, you know, get with it. So, um, so anyway, but it's, it's worth it. 
So I think we talked a little bit about this, but again, like how prominent are electric vehicles in the market? Are, there's a lot of them on the road today. You said at least 50. So most of the major brands then are carrying them, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, some brands are more serious than others about putting good EVs out there. Um, and out of the 50, I think, um, a fair amount of them are not really that great. Be frank, I think there's probably 10 to 20 models that are truly worth a close look and will make drivers happy. Um, some of these models are more compliance models or, you know, these automakers dipping their toe in the water. Um, and they're not necessarily, you know, uh, great. Um, so we have to be careful as, as EV buyers distinguish what's, what's really great, what's, what's not. Um, I'm so disappointed the, the, by Toyota. They don't have an EV. They have hybrids, but not electric vehicles fully. So that's true. That's true. Cool. Toyota has been, has been really uh, investing in hydrogen. Uh, you know, is that, is that a good idea or not? I think, um, I think the, the industry is a bit on the fence. They're a little bit alone in that bet. Um, a lot of the other automakers are full on, you know, EV Chevy is heavily invested, Ford is fully invested, Nissan is fully invested, uh, Kia is fully invested, right? So uh, there's billions and billions of dollars being invested right now in uh, building factories to make these vehicles by the majority of the automakers. And in the next few years, we'll see a lot more models come in, and these will be really high-quality vehicles. So, you know, when COVID is behind us, um, I think twenty, the late twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one will be a great time to um, to see what EVs come our way. Yeah, I certainly see a lot of excitement about electric vehicles from all the environmental groups. So maybe we can tell our listeners that too. So in addition to Zappy Ride, where you work, um, who are some of the other groups that are leading the work to popularize electric vehicles in the United States? Yeah, so there's, there's multiple groups. Um, I, you know, awareness is still low and that's partly why we need to get the word out. Um, because we, we're definitely fighting against powerful forces. Um, you know, the oil lobby and a lot of the folks, uh, are trying to confuse consumers and try to spread some doubts. Um, there are many organizations that try to promote EV. Like I said, um, electric power companies are trying to put the right message out there. You have people like Electrify America. You have people like Plug in America. Uh, you have people like Veloz in California. Um, and, and a wide range of local players also. I think, uh, Long Island, I think, has, um, a local chapter of the, the Green Building Council that's interested in promoting EV. I know you know this better than I do. So happy to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, there's definitely a network of folks who see the value, who see the future. Um, but we're, as of now at least, we're outspent and outgunned for sure uh, when it comes to um, making the case against gas vehicles. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, the, the local U.S. Green Building Council has the, um, the chapter has the Drive Electric Coalition. Um, Rosemary Mascali and some of my other friends, you know, help run that group to spread awareness. So, so that's great. And years ago, I remember going to events with, um, it, they used to be called GLIC, the Greater Long Island Clean Cities Coalition, and they would give out federal grant money to fleets to convert 
to electric and other alternative fuels. So, um, you know, I've been watching sort of the development of electric vehicles for a good decade now. So, but it now is really exciting. It's a lot more happening. So, oh, yeah. um, so, you know, I was even looking into an electric charger. We can talk about that for a minute, but I was looking into a charger for my office. As you know, we had spoken about that. So, so there are electric vehicles that are available for businesses too, right? There's, there's options there for larger vehicles if people wanted them. Yes, absolutely. So that's something that we're seeing uh, happening a lot these days, businesses looking into uh, electric vehicles. And that can take multiple forms. Um, some businesses are saying we really want our you know, business vehicles to go electric. So maybe it's an office building and they have you know salespeople that go around and maybe these sedans need to go um, electric. Sometimes it's the city of New York, you know, they're electrifying their a lot of their fleet, I think police cars and trying all sorts of things to electrify their fleet. Increasingly, we're also seeing electric buses happening uh, in California quite a bit. Electric school buses, electric shuttle buses uh, are becoming more, more prominent. We're starting to see also uh, trucks, you know, trucks that deliver goods locally uh, on small routes of 50, 100 miles uh, are good candidates for electrification, and we're seeing that happen quite a bit. Um, in the end, I think we'll also see long-haul trucking, you know, like uh, trucking large cargo across the country that may eventually go electric, too. We're not quite there yet. Uh, Tesla is working their semi. Few folks are working their semi, but we're not quite there yet. There's a lot to be done on the smaller type, type vehicle. And then the other thing you can do if you're a business and you're looking to go electric is just offer charging to your employees, right? Or maybe you own a building, a residential building with a lot of tenants. Maybe you want to offer them some charging options in the parking lot. So even if you don't, as a business, have vehicles that you want to convert, you can offer charging to your employees or your, your tenants or maybe your customers. And that's an easy way to get involved. Is it expensive to install a charger for um, for a business or for a so home? It, it can be. It, it, it can be um, a little bit expensive. There are programs in the work to subsidize some of these installations um, to make to make the financial case a little bit more positive. Uh, what typically helps a lot with uh, with the cost is combining the installation of chargers with some other projects. You know, maybe you're redoing a parking lot, maybe you're adding solar panels, maybe you're doing something to your property, throwing in a couple of chargers as you do that, uh, as you'll do trenching anyway, uh, you know, it helps a little bit on the cost front. That's great. And so um, I was wondering, too, about charging stations in general. Like, do you think there are enough of them in the United States? And if not, what's being done about that? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So there's a lot being done about that. I think it's debatable whether there's enough. Um, I think a lot of people would argue there's not enough. Um, but I think depending on how you think about your long, uh, long haul travel, uh, there, there may be enough at least for the amount of vehicles we have today. So let me, let me clarify something. Um, when we talk about public charging, there's really, uh, the situation where you want to do a road trip, right? You want to drive let's say 500 miles across a couple of states. 
And when you do that, you're going to need some, some charging along the way. And so what you need in that case is what's called fast charging. Mm-hmm. And right now there's not a lot of fast chargers in the state of New York, for instance. Uh, there's not quite enough, but there's a lot of investment from the state, from the New York Power Authority, into building a network of fast chargers. So that's going to come in the next few years. You also have, if you are lucky enough to have a Tesla, there's a nationwide network of fast chargers uh, that are Tesla only that you can use to do uh, long trips and go across the country if you want. Yeah, I've met some people um, through the Sierra Club that had traveled cross country to California and back with their Tesla and they had no problem. They had pictures of them themselves at the chargers across the country. So it's definitely possible to do it. <laughs> it's a growing, uh, you know, there's more options that are, it's growing. So that's great. So yeah, I had looked into getting a charger for my own house and it was sort of in the realm of like $500 or so. So I think it's reasonable when you factor in, like you said, that it's cheaper than running a gasoline vehicle in the end. You know, if you have it for a few years, it's, it pays for itself. Yeah, it, it totally does. Um, home, home charging is, is really advantageous usually, especially when you charge at night. Um, so your power company uh, has specific rate tariffs. And depending on when you charge quite often, you can get a pretty big discount if you charge at night because they want to use the, the grid at night when there's not that much other usage for electricity. So that's something they really like. And as a result, uh, the price is really low at night. And you, you're going to be a lot cheaper than filling your your uh, gas car gas station for sure. I mean, I know we have high rates here in New York, but I assume California is probably a bit ahead of us, right, with all of this? In a way, yes. California has been investing a lot in, in electric vehicles. Um, the, you know, if you look at the U.S. market for EVs, about half of the EVs are in California, so it's definitely very concentrated. <laughs> and a lot of the charging stations are also in California. Uh, the state has been investing in EVs for, for a long time. You know, and, and is leading uh, in in many ways. That being said, I think a lot of other states are catching up. New York's catching up. Florida's catching up. Texas is catching up. Um, I was at a a conference, not a conference, even a uh, an auto show, if you wish, in Austin, Texas, a few months ago. It was dedicated to EVs, and I was concerned that nobody would show up because in the middle of Texas, I thought maybe there's not that much interest. But it was completely wrong. You know, it was sold out and thousands of people show, showed up to, to learn about EVs and, and, and test drive one, and maybe buy one. So customer interest is really, really rising, um, in many, many locations. Good. That's exciting. I mean, it's, it's one of the ways that we can help address climate change because transportation is a big, um, part of the greenhouse gas emissions in this country, at least. Um, so exciting to see. So it looks yeah, like we have really, to wrap up, but yeah. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just to, to add to your point, that's 100% correct. Uh, that's really the best way. If you if you are a uh, environmental uh, environmentally conscious person and you try to reduce your carbon footprint, uh, reducing your flights is probably the number one thing you can do. Number two is by far um, go electric for your for your car. Cool, cool. So any last thoughts that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? I want to give everyone your website. 
No, I'm glad to be uh, spreading the word and um, glad to hear also that, as you said, Long Island is active. Uh, I think Long Island is leading New York State in many ways um, when it comes to EVs. And I really look forward to seeing what, what comes out of, of Long Island and, and some of the work that people are doing because it's, it's really quite exciting and I think could be really quite impactful. I hope so. I hope to see Long Island be a leader on these things. So, <laughs> of course, we were, we're always competing with New York City, but um, hopefully we'll get some good stuff happening out here too. Absolutely. <laughs> so, again, um, we've been hearing from Olivier Pinson from Zappy Ride, and it's zappyride.com. You got it. That brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, learned a lot, and feel inspired to take actions to protect our earth and your health. I want to thank our team, our sound engineer, Jonathan Flores, content strategist, Rose Chapano, administrative assistant, Logan Straussman, and Jessica Chappelle on social media. You can find the Green Inside and Out podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, and other podcast platforms. Please subscribe and give us a review. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please see our website, greeninsideandout.org, where you can also learn more about the work we do. We appreciate your support. So until next time, stay green.